Well, howdy, Huda Thunkers. This is the host of the Huda Thunkin' podcast, Zeb, coming at you. Episode, I believe, 166. <laughs> Last week I said the wrong number, had to go back and change it, but I'm pretty sure this is 166. Anyway, uh, this episode of 166 is titled Georgia Guide Stones. We'll get into that in a bit. Just have a real quick recommendation segment, a weird one, albeit. This week I recommend you leave that bug alone. <laughs> I'll explain a little bit. All my life, I've hated bugs. I used to like squish them any chance I got. I used to freak out, lose sleep over when I was a little kid. Like, oh my gosh, there's bugs in the house. My dad's like, live in the woods. Even if we didn't, even live in the in the city, there'd be different kinds of bugs. There's bugs everywhere. Just get over it. So I grew up and I got over it, but I still kind of harbored this hatred for bugs. I still don't love bugs, but I've realized they're an important part of the ecosystem, exception being invasive bugs that like destroy ecosystems that they weren't supposed to be in if it weren't for us humans transporting them around the world. But for the most part, spiders, wasps, ants, so forth, those bugs you usually see as pests, let them be if you can. I mean, you can't always. I mean, I'm not saying just live in a house infested with cockroaches and stuff, but if there aren't an immediate danger or let's just say you're out at a picnic and you see a wasp's nest, let it go. Let it go. Even if you're looking at your house, you, you see up on the up on the roof in like the second story in a place where nobody goes, you see a huge wasp nest and you think, oh my gosh, that could sting somebody. Well, chances are they won't. Most wasp species are not aggressive except for yellow jackets. Those can burn in hell, kill all yellow jackets. But most wasp species are not aggressive yes they have the potential to harm you just leave them alone stay a couple feet away i have a wasp nest right out in the back the back porch it's not a not a yellow jacket if they were i'd kill it but it's just a regular wasp and i go out there every once in a while and i'm a couple feet away and i look at it and i see this mama or papa wasp whatever it is the adult guarding its larva and it just stares at me and i'm like two feet away like super close just because that's how my porch is, and I let it go, and it's never stung me, never bothered me. If, you know, sometimes they come up to you, they mistake a, a color on your shirt for being a flower, a food source or something, swipe them away. You don't have to kill it. Sometimes you do, I get that, but if, if they're not in immediate danger, just let them go. Our planet is lacking insect numbers. The scientists have noticed a drop in numbers of all sorts of insect species, and chances are that's not healthy for the world's ecosystem. So I get it. Within reason, you know, like I said, don't live with cockroaches. Don't just have wasps sleep, you know, a wasp nest in your bedroom. But if it's in an area that you don't think is going to hurt anybody, just let it go. Chances are it's never going to hurt you. Um, so yeah. I know that sounds like a weird recommendation segment, but it's just what I thought of naturally. I was like about to read the, the episode and like crap at a new recommendation segment. I thought that's actually a queer, pretty cool niche one. So I'm going to say it. Leave those bugs go. Now for the main event, the Georgia Guidestones. Most of this is just me reading from other articles that are I do have cited on the blog. And I will read them at the end of the episode since I quoted them so heavily. But um, I do have some... Um, some of my own thoughts as well. About 100 miles east of Atlanta, Georgia, was the site of Georgia Guidestones. That's that's what they're called, what they became called. In 1981, the Alberton Granite Finishing Company published a 50-page book about one of the strangest jobs they had ever been hired to complete. They had erected the Georgia Guidestones in a cow pasture about seven miles outside a small farming community in the in the rural 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 American South. It was all done under a cloud of mystery, and it's been 
been the source of speculative and conspiracy theories, all kind of conversation since. The New Yorker's Charles Bethea writes, Albertan Bills itself is the granite capital of the world, owing to a massive deposit of fine-grained bluish-gray rock beneath it, which is used in two-thirds of U.S. headstones. The book celebrated a much different undertaking. The company had spent the previous year quarrying, sawing, refining, engraving, and uh, positioning six stones, standing nearly 20 feet tall and collectively weighing a quarter of a million pounds in a Stonehenge-like configuration. It was meant to function partly as a solar uh, calendar. Of greater interest, though, were... Ten guiding principles engraved on the stones in eight languages, including Chinese, Sanskrit, and, and Swahili. They seem to anticipate a post-apocalyptic future. The instructions ranged from the sensible, be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature, pretty cool, and protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Uh, ambiguous, but, you know, not a bad thing to live by. To the eccentric or even troubling, unite humanity with a living new language and maintain humanity under 500,000 in perpetual balance with nature. It was by far the town's most popular tourist attraction. Like I said, this is a rural town known for their granite making. All of a sudden, this is now outside of town. The idea of the Georgia Guidestones, as they came to be called, had not originated with anyone at the Abrolton L. Burton Granite Finishing Company, nor, it seemed, with any Georgian at all. They had been commissioned down to the most exacting detail by a natalie-dressed, middle-aged man who showed up in town one June day in 1979 and introduced himself to Joe Fendley, the president of the Granite Company, as Robert C. Christian. This turned out to be a pseudonym, Christian which means basically like a fake name. Christian shared his real identity with just two known Albertians, Albertonians, Fenley and the president of the local bank, Wyatt Martin, who acted as Christian's escrow agent during the financing of the monument's laborious and costly construction. Payments were never wired from the same location twice, Martin said. Fenley died in 2005, and then Martin, who exchanged letters with Christian for years after the creation of the Guidestones, passed away last December. So the two people who knew the identity of the guy who want, who paid for this and got it made are dead now. So we know who physically made these things. It's Al Alberton – crap, I already forgot it. <laughs> the Alberton uh, uh, Granite Finishing Company. They physically made it, but who the heck thought this up? Uh, you know – but the, the public will probably never know who came up with the idea or who paid for the job, and no one can agree on what they actually mean, all these instructions. The instructions are ambiguous as all hell. They were written in eight modern languages and four dead languages. Um, I, I looked at a couple of different resources. What they said was English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Ab Ab Arabic – I almost said Abrahamic – Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian, and some sources said Sanskrit as well. So that's a lot of languages. They're trying to cover all bases. They want to make sure whoever is still around after this apocalyptic future can read it, hopefully by one of those languages. On the stones, here's those 10 instructions. Number one, maintain humanity under 500,000 in perpetual balance with nature. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Number three, unite humanity with a living new language. Number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. 
Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Number eight, balance personal rights and social duties. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And number 10, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. So some of those, like I said, they're ambiguous. What does it mean to rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason? Basically be smart about it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what? <laughs> protect people with, with protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Hey, don't be a bad guy. <laughs> it's thing. I, they just, I don't know. It doesn't tell you how to do these things. Just tell you to, to do them. And a lot easier said than done. What What's the one about the, uh, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Cool. That sounds good on paper, but how do you set up the world court? Is one person in charge or a bunch of people in charge? When people do things internally, what are those internal things that they're doing that you should let them do turn out to be horrific, horrible things to nation B? Nation A might let their people, I don't know, bash each other each other over the head once a year like a purge thing. And nation B is like, that's messed up. I don't care. This can't go on. And that's, I don't know. It's... <laughs> Life is way more complicated than these 10 instructions uh, suggest. Now, many hate these stones. Um, when Randall Sullivan of Wired visits, visited the stones in 2009, they had been vandalized. Death to the New World Order painted on them in polyurethane paint. Sullivan writes, a quote from him, The astrological specifications for the guidestones were so complex that Fenley had to retain the services of an astronomer from the University of Georgia to help implement the design. The four outer stones were to be oriented based on the limits of the sun's yearly migration. The center column needed... Two precisely calibrated features, a hole through which the North Star could be visible at all times, and a slot that was to align with the position of the rising sun during the solstices and equinoxes. The principal component of the capstone was a uh, 7-8 inch aperture through which a beam of sunlight would pass at noon each day shining on the center stone to indicate the day of the year. Cool. Sounds neat. So not only do these have 10 instructions, but it's like it's really cool calendar thing that seems impressive to you and I. But today, astronomers say the astronomical features on the guidestones are crude, quote, an abacus compared to Stonehenge's computer, saying that the actual Stonehenge, the one in uh, – it's over there in the UK somewhere, saying that that's way more impressive than this thing, which I don't see how. I didn't know Stonehenge had, but whatever. I'm not an expert on it. Loris uh, Magnani of the University of Georgia told – um, that's what she said, that this uh, Georgia Guidestones is an abacus, you know, that old counting um, analog computer from way long ago compared to old Stonehenge's is actual like computer. So she's saying this thing is not that impressive astrologically. It's unlikely the mysteries of the Guidestones will ever be revealed now as the monument was destroyed by an explosive device on Wednesday. That was uh, when it said Wednesday, it was back in like summer of twenty. 2022. Um, it was destroyed by an explosive device Wednesday morning. The New York Times' Livia Albeck Rip, Ripker reports uh, reports footage 
released by the Georgia Bureau of the, uh, Investigation, GBI, shows a detonation reduced, reducing one of the stones, side stones and part of the capstone to rubble around 4 a.m. and a car leaving the area shortly after. Though part of the monument was still standing after the explosion, the entirety had to be demolished by officials in the aftermath out of safety concerns. Investigators currently have, haven't released any kind of sus, uh, suspect description or possible motive, according to the AP. And are asking the public for assistance in figuring out who was behind the attack. Prior vandalism to the monument led to the county installing cameras at the site that were able to capture footage of a silver sedan fleeing the scene. The Guidestones have been the subject of controversy since their erection in 1979. <laughs> they said erection. But an anonymous individual known only as R.C. Christian, the New York Times reports, um, Wyatt Martin who assisted Christian with installing the monument, claims to be the only individual who knows Christian's true identity and says he'll never divulge the uh, benefactor's secret. Standing 19 foot tall outside the city of Elberton, the stones both serve as an astrological calendar. A hole in the center allows them to shine through as the day. The first two rules... Um, now, let's talk about these rules. The first two rules seem to imply that the stones endorse um, eugenics or genocide per the independence... Greg Grzywowski backlash of that kind and and that the stones were built for cult and devil worship began upon the monuments unveiling and only increased in the advent of the internet era prominent conspiracy theorists like Alex Jones has linked them to the Illuminati so those rules especially the one that's like keep the population under 500,000 it's got a lot of people talking or it did not anymore Alex Jones was saying it's a satanic cult trying to turn the frogs gay We've seen this with QAnon and multiple other conspiracy theories that these ideas can lead somebody to try to take action in furtherance of these beliefs. That's Katie McCarthy, a conspiracy theory researcher of the Anti-Defamation League. That's what she told CBS. They can attempt to try and target the people and institutions that are at the center of these false beliefs. These conspiracy theories do and can have a real-world impact. So Katie McCarthy, she's a conspiracy theory researcher, and that sounds like a fun job. But yeah. I get what she's saying. These things can be dangerous and, 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 and you know, people like Alex Jones, I know Joe Rogan likes him. I like Joe Rogan, but I do think Alex Jones can be dangerous. He's done – led to some pretty dangerous stuff. But my question is were these stones a part of some satanic cult's agenda? No, I doubt it. Uh, but I can see why people would speculate as much. They weren't cheap and they – you know, so there's somebody wanted to put resources behind this and they likely would have taken – uh, lasted a long time against the elements had it not been for someone blowing them up. On the other hand, do I think what was written on them was going to be a civilization-building pillar for future generations to look for guidance? No, I don't think that either. Does the OG, the original Stonehenge, uh, guide our civilization today? Did it guide any of them? I don't know. It might have guided one small community, but the rest of the world didn't see it for quite some time. Does it go Gobekli Tepe? If you don't know what Gobekli Tepe is, it's arguably the most exciting archaeological discovery in the past three decades that showed basically hunter-gatherers were capable of building really big structures. Does that guide our civilization? No. It's buried for thousands of years. Do the ancient pyramids guide our civilization? No. They were a, a wonder to behold, but even in Alexander the Great's time when he looked at them, he didn't think, I, you know, that's going to be my guiding light. They were pretty cool, but that's it. They don't guide our civilization. They don't create it. 
they are, there's, there's no evidence that a single artifact can create a civilization. There's certainly marvels from the ancient world, and they do draw on our collective curiosities, but we don't need them to kickstart civilization. That comes out of hundreds, thousands, millions, and now billions of people believing in a common idea or set of ideas. That is what makes a civilization. Not ten instructions written on some pretty white stones, not to mention the instructions would likely be frustratingly or dangerously ambiguous. A lot of them could be taken out of context, especially by people who you know had to like translate them from a bunch of different languages. Or in the case of the population control instruction, the first one, unrealistic. How are you going to do that? <laughs> I mean, I guess out of bloodshed, but anyway. The stones are definitely interesting, or they were. They're not around anymore. I've often thought about what was – or what as a species – could we do to relay clearer message to the archaeologists of the distant future? Our ancestors made it damn hard for us to interpret these their messages, requiring Rosetta stones to be found by chance and back-breaking work digging in the dirt, the dirt, you know, digging stuff up. It's not easy for archaeologists. There's an entire, like, school of thought to your archaeology. That's just digging it up and interpreting what it is. And we probably get a lot of stuff wrong because we have to dig it out of the dirt. What do you think, Huda Thunkers? Is a uh, is it worthwhile worthwhile venture? I cannot talk today. I'm thirsty. Sorry. Is it worthwhile venture for our current society to spend our resources on generations or civilizations of the future, civilizations that will likely be unrecognizable to us now, just to send them a message, just to fatten their history books? I sure as shit think so. I think we I think we should do it. So do a lot of other organizations. That's what cap, you know, time capsules are all about. People do it all the time. I, your college probably did it. Almost every school does it. Put some valuable stuff in a sealed, durable container, bury it, and hope someone unearths it someday in wonderment, knowing full well you will not be around to see them open it. That's a pretty cool, I don't know, altruistic, uh, caring about people even though, I don't know. What's that old verbiage? Uh, I think it's a Native American one. Planting a tree that you know you'll never be able to sit underneath the shade of. It's for future generations. It's a weird niche version of dreaming. It's cool to me. But I say we go bigger, you know. <laughs> Why just like time capsules? Why put journals and pictures and stuff? Why don't we bury like an Apache helicopter? Or or like Gobekli Tepe when they buried an entire uh, temple. We could bury a temple, a skyscraper, even a town. How cool would that be? Like Pompeii. But what if we buried New York? I know, I know. Not feasible. It's really close to the ocean. It's probably going to be washed away. But what if we buried, I don't know, like a landlocked state, a uh, city? I know <laughs> it'd be hard to get people to agree to that, but think about it. That'd be crazy. Think about hundreds of years from now, people just unearth it and they just find like all sorts of stuff, boring stuff, computers they can't hack into. Be cool. It's a fun idea. Also, I couldn't find much about this online, so I didn't want to presented as a fact but i did hear when these things were blown up they found like a time capsule in the georgia guidestones that had like quaaludes and a playboy magazine i don't know if that's true <laughs> but i thought it was funny so i think that was just rumor but yeah that's a georgia guidestone someone tried to kickstart a civilization in the future um with some weird instructions and then end up getting blown up and had been vandalized over the years i thought that was cool hope you do too thanks for listening who to thunkers until next time Thank you.